0: you're listening to bits and pieces on sunrise robot i'm one of your hosts matt duncan out of gelsenkirchen germany and i'm michael edwards out of denver colorado and we thrive in the support of our listeners so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out so, episode thirteen we've got some follow up once again. Title is the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> uh, or more or less Kanye West is the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> yeah, so you found this article on the internet about how title is such a bomb that Kanye has already deleted any tweets mentioning it,
1: yeah, and I mean, I guess if you're someone like kanye west who who courts controversy and and scandal and press coverage as often as possible. Someone's going to be watching your Twitter account and doing a diff on what what it is versus <laughs> what gets deleted probably at all times, but um everyone's kind of i mean i I feel this in the press like people kind of want title to fail, which I don't feel good about in general because I'm not usually trying to root for someone to fail um, <laughs> but something about title is kind of like really. <laughs> <laughs> And so someone, and this is, I mean, full disclaimer, this is coming from Boy Genius Report, which is a really kind of a douchey website. Um, they they tend to cover tech topics, and they're um, kind of famously Apple fanboys, even though this has nothing to do with Apple. Um, but yeah, they're reporting on apparently a bunch of tweets got deleted from any tweet that mentioned title got deleted from Kanye's timeline. Um, but then they have a little update at the bottom of like, just kidding, he he tweeted again, and the, the tweet is, the love of music is louder than words, com, and then a picture of the title logo. Yeah, I, uh,
0: I've already seen some of the responses to that tweet on Twitter itself of people like, I thought you jumped chip, and oh my god, you're back, and... Um, <laughs> So apparently they they already have some hardcore fans on the title. Maybe those are Kanye West's fans, but I also think that's kind of some backpedaling going on there. Like after the news broke of of Kanye deleting those tweets, of course somebody must have contacted him and said, "Dude, what are you doing there?" <laughs>
1: yeah, it was Jay Z. He called him. And was like, yeah.
0: "Dude, WTF?" <laughs> I'm just waiting for the for the next artist to do almost the same thing
1: Yeah. I'm showing like,
0: Ed to Brute.
1: <laughs> or the edge from U2 for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> the edge.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, let's not make fun of you 2 Five minutes Okay. <laughs> yeah, in, in other news, more or less follow-up, although the thing that happened, uh, the thing this is about happened before we started this very podcast. German synth pop band Claire, they had their the van and equipment stolen in London last year in, in September or so. And yeah, now 6 months later they just posted a f- picture on Facebook. Um they got all their stuff back, the van, everything's in there in Lithuania.
1: Because as you do, stuff just <laughs> ends up in Lithuania. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. If you if you mispark your car in East London, you know where to look now. <laughs> but yeah, this got me thinking about um i'm i'm really paranoid whenever i'm playing a gig about keeping all my equipment inside all the time or at least having somebody watch my my gear if i'm not in the room for some reason and these is these are the cases why and uh, i'm i'm quite often you read about artists losing their stuff or getting their stuff stolen on tour most most of the time it's the complete van and have you had any, any experiences in that regard
1: and as an American, I had to go to Google Maps immediately and, and map <laughs> England to Lithuania. And just to be clear, it's, it's not only across a body of water, but it's over a thousand miles away.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they, you, you gotta map it from, from Germany, of course. They're a German band, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. They had to cancel like a gig in Oslo afterwards. So you might as well map that now, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> hey, at least I know that's in Norway. <laughs> um, it seems like, uh, you know, losing your gear to thieves is kind of this sad rite of passage that I've seen countless times from any band, small to large. Um, it just seems like you park somewhere, you go to sleep for a few hours cause you're on tour and everything sucks and it's hard and you wake up and you're like, really? Like we're, we're already living on nothing, playing shows everywhere. And someone decides to rob us. <laughs> At least in this case, happy ending. They found it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I've also heard heard of bands or, or guitarists who've had their guitars stolen. And sometimes they're like signature guitars or one of a kind guitars. And you're honestly questioning. I mean, most of the time, I guess the people, the thieves are not really musicians or, or into the, the instrument thing. So maybe they don't know. They're just thinking, okay, I can steal something valuable here but if you end up stealing something like a signature guitar yeah if that ends up on eBay it's pretty easy to track down that it was stolen because um <laughs> it's one of a kind but um well so we we had a case with our rehearsal space we are practicing in the back room of a church just because uh, we got access there we don't have to pay anything it's a small room but it's okay we can b- get by um about 2 years ago they broke into the the back part of the church trying to get some valuables and they also in the process broke into our into our um rehearsal space now from outside it doesn't look like one it just looked like it looks like a door to, to just another room where where stuff is stored and yeah they they emptied all the 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 shelves in there there were was a lot of paperwork flowing around they didn't touch a single piece of our equipment like even the the my delay lying on the floor, which is about the size of two, two cigarette uh, packages. I mean, that's just <laughs> 150 euros lying around. Obviously, they <laughs> didn't know what they were doing and I'm pretty glad they didn't. But um, after that, we were pretty freaked out. We didn't leave anything in the room that was carryable with one hand. So um, from then on, I started carrying my guitar there instead of leaving <laughs> it there. And now a few, a few months back, um, people tried again. Thankfully, they didn't even get into the, into the building itself. Although they were pretty stupid because if they had walked around the corner, there was an open window. Somebody left <laughs> open. <laughs> I'm pretty glad nothing happened yet, but I've, I've made some close encounters and that keeps me paranoid whenever I leave my stuff somewhere.
1: Right on. Um, this is reminding me, I went to a show in Chicago for the get up kids. Which is a, a late nineties, early two thousands kind of pop punk band. And uh um so before the show, there you know, there's always some people outside a venue either trying to scalp tickets or just randomly kind of fucking with people in general. <laughs> and uh this this guy had CDs he was trying to sell, and among his collection of CDs was a Rich Mullen CD which if you're not familiar with who Rich Mullins is, he's a, what you would describe as a contemporary Christian artist. So like worship music or very, very Jesus music. And we're just like, that is weird. Like we're seeing this random punk band and someone is selling Rich Mullins in front of the (laughs) venue. And uh, (laughs) we, uh, you know, whatever, like for somehow we forget about it. We go to the show and we come back and we go back to our car and, uh, yeah, the window smashed on our car. Um, it, it's, it's my dad's car. And yeah, that was our Rich Mullen CD <laughs> from our car <laughs> attempting to being sold to us after, after the show. And so wow. there was a, a whole lot of like, Oh, we're stupid. Oh, that is really funny. And then also kind of like your pedal. Um, for some reason i had left like one of my credit cards like in a pocket in the car like not in my wallet i can't remember why it doesn't make any sense they didn't steal my credit card they stole rich mullins <laughs> yeah <laughs> everything about it is so ridiculous and since no, no real damage happened it was just funny but um yeah thieves are weird <laughs> Um, maybe it's because they're in a rush. They don't want to get caught. They don't want to be seen. You just smashed a window and you're like, oh, let's get in and out quickly. But I don't know. That That's my theft story.
0: <laughs> well, it's safe to say for you touring artists out there, keep your stuff in sight somewhere, somehow.
1: Yeah, keep and it in sight.
0: I, I've read of people or bands who say that they always have one one guy or one member of the band sleep in the van or sleep in the car next to the van so it's like your de- designated driver one, one of you has to b- bite the bullet yeah and but yeah you're gonna be happy in the end because nothing's been stolen yeah it's worth Hopefully. it to
1: to draw straws and trade slightly yeah. uncomfortable nights for oh now we have to beg other musicians to help us out until we can save up money to replace everything yeah. we just lost um
0: there would be an interesting side quest for for the next rock band or guitar hero that between one of the gigs you're playing you have to be the person sleeping in the car in, in real time so you've got to f- spend 5 hours in the car sleeping and if some people <laughs> come uh, it turns into to GTA real quick
1: uh, at what point is this not a game anymore and it's just not fun <laughs> pretty quick social commentary i guess <laughs> So some other recent news, I guess this isn't exactly news, but I I flew to Indiana to see Sufjan Stevens perform because he's not coming to Denver, um, which I was very angry about, but not seriously angry about. Sufjan! Um, <laughs> but I later discovered he, he is coming to Colorado because he's going to open some folk festivals, but I don't think that's the same as touring his new album, and I have no idea what he's going to play at these folk festivals. Um, but... Regardless, um, he's one of my most favorite artists. Totally happy to fly to see him on a tour. I haven't seen him live in 10 years since his Illinois album, which is the one most people know about or um, would know about. Anyway, um, the show itself. um, So I've got that fanboy in me that's just like, yes. But then the other part of me is this wasn't the best show I've ever seen him play. And honestly, um, his voice actually kind of struggled in the show. There were some sour notes. There was um, some reaching. And uh, that was like, at first, like, oh, no, this isn't great. (laughs) And then at the same time, oh, the subject matter is all about his mother died. And I swear I saw him wipe his eyes after one of the songs. And I'm like, maybe he's just like kind of depressed tonight. And it's kind of affecting his performance. And it was still great, and there were some amazing things about it. Um, so he had um, basically a light show going on behind him, but um, there was video footage and different um, programmed light events. And uh, the way it worked is uh, there was all these strips. Um, I couldn't tell if they were hanging or they were just part of like a backdrop But the video only played on these strips that were hanging down. So you'd see, like, say there was a 1080p image of the Oregon coast and, like, a wave crashing into the beach. Um, You would see only slices of it, like maybe six or seven slices. And the the footage would only show up on those slices. And it, it gave a really interesting effect to the video footage. Um, I feel like I've seen some other artists do this sometimes with the way they set up their stage and projectors that you get weird little geometric configurations of video projected onto different pieces. Um, But it it was a nice augmentation of his audio show and um, there was a neat uh, growing of this because um, it wasn't too flashy throughout most of the show. But then by the end, by the last song, which went on for a long time and built up to kind of a nice giant crescendo. Um, sorry if you have epilepsy, but there was a lot going on by the end with this light show. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the best to review a show, but I love this man. I love his music. And I was still thrilled to see the show, even if, um, it wasn't his best work, so to say. <laughs>
0: Uh, Did he have an opener?
1: Yeah, um, I forget what they were called, and uh, yeah, I don't know if there's much to say. He had an opener, and I don't want to be a mean person, they were kind of forgettable. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a very short, like, they had a half hour set, and then he played for 90 plus minutes, and that was the show. Um, I just grabbed a, a
0: screenshot from YouTube of, of the show. I hope this is the thing you were just describing about those stripes of video. Yep, it looks like a cathedral. It looks. Yeah, um, it was. Put this in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it was like stained glass. Yeah, um, it actually. I was thinking of it as like a um, a health bar in like certain action games. <laughs> of like, here's your meter, and it drops down as you get hit. Um, but yeah, that's exactly. It. Yeah, I tried to describe it terribly for a few minutes in a picture <laughs> paints a thousand words
0: it, it also reminds me of the way um the pipes in an organ are organized maybe that's what reminded me of a cathedral or a church
1: yeah absolutely so that's one of my recent um i actually don't get out to shows as often as i probably should as someone who professes to love music yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so um,
0: i think that's that's the reason why we should make gig report here a thing so once in a while, every once in a while, we go out and a, maybe play a gig or what just visit another person's gig, and we should report on that. And we should have a nice jingle, into like a news network. <laughs> <laughs> <sings and singing> tick <Different Bluetooth> tick <laughs>
1: So our our next topic um this is something I'm very excited about it's the thing I'm talking into right now um I acquired the mic I have most lusted after at least for podcasting purposes um and that's a Shure SM7B And, uh, this is kind of a legendary mic for radio or any spoken word application, but also, um, rappers, which you know is right up my alley, or, um, yeah, (laughs) we know your solo project. Some other vocalist uses, but, um, I think mostly it's thought of as a podcasting mic these days. And, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've just kind of like, I've used condensers. I have a really great vocal mic that costs twice as much as this mic. But I've always kind of been like, yeah, condensers are great when you care about singing or you want to capture everything. But I'm really interested in seeing what it's like to, to rock um, the Shure SM7. And uh, so far, I like it. It sounds great. It's it's not like it's a mind-blowing, complete transformation of my voice. Um <laughs> I, I did some tests, I compared it to a, a Rode NT1, which I know you just acquired, and yep. you're using which right I'm now. Which talking into. Which is also a legendary podcasting mic of its own accord. Um, I have one from work that's not mine personally, that I've been using off and on. Um, on flipping tables, David Lyons uses it, um, and I, I use my Shure KSM-44 vocal mic, um, but... For certain situations, this sure might be really great. As a dynamic mic, it's it's a cardioid. It's really great at rejecting um, anything that's basically not directly pointed at. And, uh, you know, I, I live in an apartment. There's a refrigerator. There's pipes all through the walls. There's random noises. There's neighbors. And uh, it's nice to not have to worry about as much with a mic. But the question I wanted to pose is, so I acquired this through... Um, totally like I was thinking of like maybe sometime this year I'll pick up this mic and uh I'm part of a Facebook community called Denver Music Scene and someone just posted a picture of this mic and said hey I'm selling this $250 it's cheaper than new who wants it and I was like yep (laughs) (laughs) and uh You know, I met the guy, I I I took my audio interface to the meetup before I paid him and took the mic to actually try it out and put headphones on and trying to do my due diligence to like not get screwed. And I kind of wanted to pose the question, like when you buy gear or people you know, um, are you perfectly happy with secondhand? Is that a hassle? Do you try to buy new all the time? Are there certain things where it's like, oh, if you're getting this, always buy it new, but this category of product used is great, save money, don't waste your money on something new for no reason.
0: I th- I think I really prefer buying new just for, for the reason that the online store I'm buying from usually has a three-year warranty. So no matter what the warranty is that the manufacturer gives you, they are always promising you three-year warranty. And I have never had a problem with that. Um, It saved my ass in a number of times. So one of those times was when... After a gig, somebody transported our stuff, uh, helped us transport our stuff to the car. And he was apparently carrying the bag with the audio interface in it, uh, which was an M-Audio something-something. And yeah, when I came home and two days afterwards, when I started building up my stuff back home, um, yeah, I could hear some, some loose things in there and it broke. So it was just useless at that point. And thankfully, there was that was like two years after the purchase. And they replaced it or they they, they wanted to, to fix it, but they couldn't. And then they didn't have that thing in stock anymore. So they just said, okay, get whatever you like. And the the original price that I once paid, they're going to subtract that from anything I'm going to buy. So this is the reason I now have my Focusrite Scarlet uh, interface. That incident always made me say, okay, I'm going to buy new at least for things that are in like more than 100 euros. If it's below that or if 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 there's something that I can get below one hundred euros if i get it used i I would usually think about getting it used um I would also make a point of trying to test it out now I don't have a portable setup sadly, I don't have a laptop or so, or i mean the, the my audio interface is huge, so um it's usually made to to put into a rack so um but there there's some stuff here that i I bought used um it's it's mostly the stuff i use with my feet i just noticed um it's it's a midi controller uh, by behringer and a and then the the rig control from native instruments which is funny because it's a german company and i bought that from a guy from canada and um so it traveled all the way across the globe almost (laughs) but yeah both of those things still holding up pretty well so um I've never no, I've not made like bad experiences with used gear but I'm still yeah also paranoid just like I'm paranoid of people stealing things from me. Um I would usually buy new just because of the, of the warranty. Like just the same with the with the microphone now with the Rode NT1 um NT1A. Um I mean Rode always promises you 10 years of warranty but yeah I want those 10 years to be registered to my name and not have it used and then there's problems with the with the receipt not not going through with my yeah. name on it,
1: makes sense. Is there anything that you're totally to like, oh, never buy new? Because I've heard that about cars. Like, why would you buy a car new? Because the second you drive it off the lot, it loses, yeah. <laughs> you know, a quarter of its value. You know, some some large chunk of value, and you could buy a year old car that is basically new for way cheaper. And I feel like some of that has to be true with musical equipment i guess your warranty point is well taken of you know sometimes new stuff from certain companies um you know if you're buying some some crappy low end thing maybe the warranty isn't really that valuable cuz yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably a piece of junk from the outset um but certain levels of purchase that warranty could be really valuable i don't know it's 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 a weird sizing up of um even when i bought this sure the, the guy who was selling it was very concerned about its future. He's like, I want it to go to a nice home of someone who will use it for something beautiful and wonderful. And, um, you know, it wasn't just like, Oh, I'm just trying to get rid of this. He like, he wanted to talk on the phone and be like, So tell me about yourself. And I'm like, Well, I'm a musician, but I also run a podcast network and this mic is great for podcasts. And his heart lit up. <laughs> yeah totally and he, he was like oh, I just you know I love this mic but I just don't have a, re- a good reason to use it I don't have a good setup um, it's so almost like I, he's
0: anthropomorphizing the microphone <laughs> yeah
1: he's like it should go to a good home I don't want to just sell it to some fence that's gonna you know scrape as many dollars as possible through Craigslist <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I think uh, that that's I, I would say that there's nothing that I wouldn't buy new and I think the reason for that is when I buy my equipment, I usually buy it with the plan in mind of using it for as many years as possible. So I'm when I buy something, I never think about hmm, one of these days I want to get rid of this again. I want to sell this again. No, usually I buy something because I want to keep it. And at that point, I don't mind if it's losing value over time because for me, the more I use it, uh, the more I, I can say, yeah, the, the purchase was was worth it like the same way i when i play games when i when i get a game for 60 uh for 60 euros or 60 dollars um i usually calculate how much how much money i spend per hour on that game and it's the <laughs> same thing with my music equipment and it all comes down if it comes down to less than a less than a euro per hour of use and most of my stuff is in that range then I'm totally fine with it not being worth anything anymore. Because to me, it's worth a lot because I can use it. It's here.
1: Yeah. And maybe I just thought of a topic that may be better to pose for a future episode. But is there anything you've bought that you completely regretted? And you're just like, wow, what a waste.
0: Yes. Yes. Recently. Fairly recently. And I gave it back after a week. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but it was a MIDI controller. It was a keyboard, MIDI keyboard with... some, some, um, trigger pads and some, some encoder knobs and all that. And yeah, it didn't have the MIDI functionality, uh, functionality that was promised to me or that I was expecting to be, uh, par for the course in that range. And it also had some really, really awful software mistakes where you switched a button on, then you switched to, to another page of buttons and the old button was still turned on. Which doesn't make any sense. So um, yeah, there was some really big problems. I couldn't program that thing to work with Ableton because of those things, and I gave it back two weeks later. I'm never gonna buy from that company again. <laughs> <laughs> which is um, I'm not gonna name it, but uh, if you I think if you That's search through my Twitter, you're gonna find out, or if you if you look through my uh, YouTube video, there's a brief period where in one video that controller appears and then it's never seen again. <laughs>
1: So if you really want to know, there's a way to figure it out. <laughs> so anything you would have thrown away five minutes after buying? Yeah, I mean I guess I could call out um Korg makes these like super cheap, really tiny MIDI keyboards and some you know, one of them's a keyboard and one of them's like the drum pads and one of them's like mixer faders. Yeah,
0: that's that's the last one, that's the one I got.
1: Okay, so <laughs> But that's a good
0: one, I gotta say. I like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's okay. I just I bought it on an impulse because they sell them for less than fifty dollars, and I was like, oh, a keyboard I could take anywhere. And then I was like, yeah, I don't need a keyboard. I can take anywhere. <laughs> I, I already have very portable equipment, so it's not that the the
0: thing was bad. It's just you noticed afterwards that it was an impulse. I was buy. like, you didn't. I just it.
1: I wanted to buy something to feel good about myself, but really, yeah, <laughs> I didn't need it, and. It it really is just, you know, it wasn't like I'm I'm traveling and I need this tiny thing to fit into a very special use case. because um, 'cause I'm like, oh, I'm at my office or I'm at home and there's there's really no problem using a full size keyboard in either of those <laughs> situations. And yeah, why would I pull out this Korg when I've got my M Audio forty nine key or twenty five key, but like full weighted keys and Um, more features and and more pleasant to play and um, it just kind of emerges like yeah you just wasted money you didn't need that thing you just wanted it that day
0: (laughs) (laughs) i guess it makes sense for somebody who only uses this keyboard or uses a keyboard on stage for a few songs and only to stay in an octave because i think i had i would have a use case for that uh for for our basis in the astray who, who sometimes switches to the keyboard for, for a bass synth sound. So um, usually it doesn't really change up that much. So he could use that instead of a 64 key or whatever I've got here, the other thing I've got here, uh, to to play those one octave bass lines. So yeah, and the, the nano control you were talking about, I think that's fine, although they've got a new version out. But okay, I didn't want to turn this into MIDI tech
1: talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah like you're saying the nano keyboard it works as advertised it wasn't like it was broken it was just like a regret of like yeah i didn't need this
0: <laughs> yeah i think the the only piece of equipment that's comes close to this and I, we mentioned that on a, on a on a on another episode is the um my ebo i still haven't used that a lot and are enough to warrant the purchase. I'm still Uh, trying to force it into some songs just to be able to say, oh, I used my ebo again. It's a nice piece of equipment. It sounds great, but um, for some reason, I can't come up with many ideas to use it.
1: (laughs) This is uh, making me feel guilty because Justin, for some either birthday or Christmas one year, bought me a wah pedal and said, you know, like, use this for something. You'll figure it out. You'll do something creative with it. (laughs) And I have not used that thing for anything. <laughs> and it's been, you know, three or four years. And I'm like, sorry, brother.
0: Yeah, the instant you just said that you had a war pedal, I was going through your songs mentally and I said, there's no war pedal anywhere. <laughs> there's zero. Literally zero. It. It's, it's just into your, in your ch- signal chain to, in, to increase the buzz, <laughs> to increase the noise flow.
1: Yeah so that was a that's something i feel guilty about tell us about guilty pleasures yeah it was um
0: there was some reddit thread where there was mentioned uh on the side of guilty pleasures and then then i i remembered a time where where i would say yeah there, there were some things i listened to that i not necessarily wanted people to know that i listened to and then in hindsight i was thinking why. Why? Who, who cares? I mean, at some point you're going to be listening to whatever you like, and that's that's the point where I really expanded my my musical horizon there. But there, there was a part of there was a time where I was listening to things that I don't know. People would have been very surprised, or maybe even laughed at for. And yeah, in hindsight, it's why? Why? I, I don't even know why because most of those artists that I'm thinking about. They're not bad. It's just for some reason people make fun of them. And no, it's not Nickelback. I can see how you're looking. Um, j- just to name a few that I, that I remembered. Um, there are some Coldplay tracks that I really love. And there's also, um, some other mostly it's pop stuff. I, I think that I'm, or, um, I really like some of the tunes of Ace of Bass, it's
1: the, the most 90 <laughs> nice. pop group you can find, probably and um is it the weird portions of some of their songs where the guys decide to like whisper some creepy words mm, no <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not that was always the weirdest part of ace of bass yeah. um i didn't mean to interrupt you but the first compact disc i ever owned was ace of bass
0: <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: And I was in fourth grade. So, um, I'm the lucky person that, um, my grade in grade school aligns with the year in the nineties. So in fourth grade, it was 1994. And that was, um, everyone in my class got Ace of Bass on tape or CD. <laughs> and I was a nice little conformist and I was like, yep, I'm buying the Ace of Bass CD. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to them when, when I was a child and then. I found back to them once I had a computer and access to the internet, and I could listen to music or get music legally on the internet. And um, I I said, "Hey, Ace of Base! I remember them. They're they're cool." And then I at some time found out that people were making fun of them, and and that's also the, the thing that I wanted to get at with with this guilty pleasures thing is uh, what defines a guilty pleasure, and and is it even something that you're still thinking about, or is it just outside pressure it's 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 like i wouldn't have thought you would listen to this i mean i this days of face thing and and coldplay there was that was at times where i was mostly displaying outside that i was listening to metal and hard rock so um maybe it's the contrast that i was worried about (laughs) but what is a guilty pleasure to you what does it define
1: yeah well i think you you've identified it well that it's it is very peer-oriented it's it's something that you feel like you shouldn't like for some reason and whatever that means, it's, it's cheesy or it's simple or artistically empty, but <laughs> nevertheless you like it. And, um, I mean, I, I can freely admit there are some Coldplay songs I really like. <laughs> and, um, um, I mean, I've heard heard them described as like rice cakes of like, yeah, you're you're snacking on this, and later you realize it wasn't really a meal, <laughs> but <laughs> but right now I'm snacking on this. Um, yeah, I, it, it does seem very very much oriented to oh, I don't want someone else to know I like this mm. because it's not impressive to like this, but it really doesn't hold up under scrutiny because. Yeah, you, you like what you like and that's fine. And either you can articulate that or not, but who cares? It's music. You like what you like. And you don't have to explain it. We'll see with our picks of the week. Can we explain it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find, uh, Last of M used to have this, um, this thing. I mean, I, I've i been scrolling everything to Last of M for the last 10 years or so, maybe. And, They've got this experimental thing where um you could see how many or, or which are the most of the tracks that you've deleted from your profile. <laughs> so sometimes I forgot to disable Scrobbling while I was listening to those Guilty Pleasures. And uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time I disabled it when I listened to my own stuff just to check the mix and everything. Yeah. And so I didn't want
1: this just gobbled everywhere like mix.
0: so this is this is the astray um lives demo version march two thousand thirteen
1: final final
0: uh, final, final, and uh I'm trying to find this thing where you could see how uh, which are the tracks that you've deleted, and I would list those, but uh maybe we can find them, maybe we can edit this in later oh wait, wait yeah. just a sec playground there it is, I think it's on the on the last of m playground i mean this is another thing that last of m made me just scrubble everything out and i didn't really care anymore at that point so anybody can see what i listen to at any day of the week restart his tracks that you previously deleted okay let's see what i've deleted here <laughs> okay there was uh one single play of
1: abba um, <laughs> and you're like no, cannot. Anything let know. else that's I listen that I... to one ABBA song. No one is allowed to know.
0: Most of these are like just single plays of a single artist. For some reason, I've deleted some Jean Michel jar. I guess that will be because I mislabeled them, and I don't like when I just mislabel songs in MP3s. Okay, there's some Missy Elliott in here. All right, there you go. And yeah, mostly like. Okay, Saw the Skies, The Astray, just what I thought. Um, yeah, The XX. And this is because I don't like their music and it was scrabbled to me through the radio. And I was like, nope, not on my profile.
1: Yeah. So one of the other uses of guilty pleasure that I see a lot is sort of like on Reddit, it would be like, um, is anyone else supposedly controversial opinion that's actually not controversial whatsoever? <laughs> And Does anyone that, like Radiohead?
0: I think I'm the only one.
1: <laughs> yeah. And in that category, it'd be like, um, the Bangles have a song called Eternal Flame, and it's like a total love ballad, but it's it's a pop masterpiece. And yeah, you can sing it ironically at karaoke, but it's also a really great song. And it's, yeah, it doesn't really fit in with everything else I tend to like. But I love that song and that's just a fact. And, um, that's kind of in that category of like, no one would really say it's not a good song, even if it's weird in context to say you love it with everything else you love. And, and that's how I see a lot of guilty pleasures get expressed is like, man, I love the beach boys. Isn't that like totally, well, right now it's really hipster friendly to watch yeah. the Beach Boys, but <laughs> I, I'm sure within a decade it'll be cheesy again or, you know, whatever. It'll flip flop back and forth. But like maybe that would be a challenge like, you know, there could be another segment like guilty pleasure of the week or something like <laughs> try to find something that is actually a guilty pleasure. You're like, oh, man. I really don't want people to know I like that.
0: I will, I will try to find something for follow-up, but if it's too bad, I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to play it off it's... like, no, everything's <laughs> fine over here. It deletes 20 <laughs> folders in the background. Uh, I'm going through my MP3 folder right now if I see any artists. But, but I think I won't have them on my computer if I didn't really want to listen. Because at some point I must have downloaded their music but nope, everything, everything's fine here.
1: Delete, uh, delete. So related to your pick of the week, which I won't spoil right now, um, is kind of the, the question of applying genres to what you're hearing. So tell me a little about this indie as a genre. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we've all r- um, read genre names that contain the word indie. I mean, I use indie to, to describe one of my bands as indie pop electro rock. Now of course the, the the word indie comes from independent. At one point it's supposed to mean uh it was supposed to mean yeah, artists that aren't signed to a major label or maybe no label at all. It kind of manifested itself with uh with certain sounds and I gotta say that sometimes when I listen to artists I would say, yeah, they're indie. They sound indie, even if they're at a major label. I, I got to this point because um when I when I looked for a YouTube link for my pick of the week, I found a Reddit thread that uh, this YouTube link was linked to, and in there there was this short discussion about, about indie is not a genre. Then the poster uh, or the the the, the OP <laughs> tried to try to explain why they named it indie, and then it was like a back and forth. That was a bit hostile. I'm gonna post the screenshot in the in the show notes or the link to the thread rather, and. Yeah, what do
1: you think about indie as a genre? Um, it's it's a useful shortcut, even though it's vague as hell. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it it expresses vaguely a set of values or or a mood or intention in music that it it just could be really useful sometimes to be like, yeah, it's indie, so it's not like prepackaged, totally like stupid pop nonsense it's creative or it's experimental <laughs> or it's you know fresh and and different and yeah, i you think know, it's
0: i think it's mostly that just indie is exclusive it says this is uh so Im- imagine the genre and then if you put indie in front of it you you get everything that this is not so if i say i'm making pop music Maybe they're thinking of like Justin Timberlake and uh, I don't know Ruby Williams, (laughs) but as soon as I pop indie in front of it, yeah, it's it's mostly not that.
1: Well, now it's Bell and Sebastian, or it's (laughs) a million other things. Well, it's not Twee, maybe, but um, (laughs) indie Twee. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a shorthand for like, but it's cool. Like, don't (laughs) don't like get down on it because it's cool. it's it's one of those things that's frustratingly like it doesn't mean anything and it hasn't probably meant anything since the first time someone uttered it after it meant independent. But nonetheless, it still communicates a lot of things in one single, you know, five-letter word that sometimes you just need that to communicate what you're communicating. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny how indie kind of emerged and it's been with us for a while. Um, but, you know, in the 90s, alternative was kind of that word. <laughs> And no one, I mean, people will say alt, usually to say alt country, um, where, um, but no one's really, yeah, or post, but no one's really using alternative anymore. Um, at least spelled out, it's like alternative, you're like, you mean like you're Nirvana (laughs) (laughs) and, um, that's not usually what people mean. But so, I mean, part of this is just the, the fashion and the, the culture of music, um, so yeah, I find myself torn. Like indie is useful as a word, and it's also meaningless. So I noticed recently um, through the same Facebook group I bought this microphone through that uh, there's there's a happy hour event with Bob Boylan and Stephen Thompson from NPR, and uh, here in Denver as part of uh, an annual Denver Music Summit, and so they're they're going to be at a, a a restaurant bar downtown, and um, that'll be some event that you can access if you're part of this um, music industry event. And uh, these these are the guys that created the Tiny Desk concerts and also All Songs Considered, which is a, a prominent little segment on NPR that features usually indie music and uh, <laughs> songs you haven't heard before that they think are significant or interesting or um, excellent. And uh, it kind of got me thinking, like so. That's coming here to Denver, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to attend this event. Um, but what events happen in your area um, for the music industry? Whether I mean, there's there's festivals and, and shows, but are there music industry events where it's like, oh, people are talking. About what it means to be a musician and what success looks like and all the pieces of, of, you know, kind of a lot of the topics we talk about on the show, whether it's producing or releasing or, or marketing your music. And, uh, these events kind of serve as a chance to meet a bunch of other people struggling to do the same thing and, uh, maybe hopefully learn some good, um, strategies to do this better from people that are either more successful or smarter than you. And, uh, do you have any such events, um, in your area? And would you consider attending such a thing? Or is it like, yeah, I'll Google it. I'm good.
0: I think again, i got to have to make this short. I have no knowledge of anything in that regard here in this area. And I'm happy to be proven otherwise if some of my listen, uh, some of our listeners, uh, in my area here heard of such event. But, um, yeah, not to my knowledge. If it existed, I would probably attend it. Um, I think first. First of all, maybe just as a visitor to to get a feel for it, but if it turns out to be amazing, I would probably apply to to be a musician at such an event as well so um yeah, but so far, um none that I know of nope,
1: yeah, so you'd be interested if it if it exists, yeah, definitely. Um, And I'm interested, I've never, I mean, but how interested am I? I've never gone in Denver, and this thing's been (laughs) happening for years. So, (laughs) maybe I'm not that interested. Um, But there is um, a professor at the university, I work at University of Colorado, um, his name's Storm Glore, and he's actually speaking on another topic called... um, the future of music so there's you know about as broad of a topic as you could possibly have um and i'm really really crossing my fingers hoping uh hoping to get him on the pseudo show for an interview here and uh, i think that will happen um he doesn't listen to bits and pieces so um we gotta change um, that Yeah, we we do um so that would be really cool yep that's all i got <laughs> all
0: right follow up on that whenever we attend something like that (laughs) okay and another thing in in yeah music tech news maybe and there's a new app once again we've got a new app here and it's music messenger so supposedly some people think it's too hard if you're on your phone or on your tablet and you've got a youtube link open to some music or spotify or whatever you're using to listen to to hit the share button and send it to somebody through I don't know Facebook Messenger, ICQ, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bulletin on MySpace, <laughs> and or in my status message, and um, <laughs> so there are apps that are their sole purpose is to send music to other people and it's like the yo or bro of music messengers <laughs> and um they they've got a lot of funding and i looked at this and thought yeah why can can't you just share it and i've read that there are other other apps that do the same just to name a few boomio rhythm undertone radius none of those spelled <laughs> like you you would yeah. think from the way i pronounced them and um <laughs>
1: Lots of dropped vowels. Either dropped vowels or switching Y's or I's to other vowels.
0: Yeah, the vowels dropped from rhythm monotone uh, show up in radius.
1: So, <laughs> radius um, <laughs> is to be the best. R-A-D-E-E-U-S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it got me thinking once again about this process of making it easy for people to, to get your music. So um, supposedly the shtick is that you just hit a button and the other person gets the song and they just hit play. Yeah, the point is uh, that first you've got to install this app and probably make an account. Now, I guess you can you can log in through Facebook probably yeah, or something else that's easy. But yeah, you've got to go to the app store, install the app, open the app, and then you can receive the music. And, on the other hand, you've got the the way we've been d- you doing it for years that's been proven to work that you just <laughs> use whatever messenger you like, so for some people, I use whatsapp for some people I use the facebook messenger if i write if i if I'm writing with you, I'm probably gonna use slack and yeah, why not i'm I'm gonna be the old guy here. Why not keep it that way? <laughs> um, Get off my it's, it's not that i don't want those apps to exist i don't really see see the see the reason because um it's hard enough to, to to make people click on a download link i've i've talked about this before on bandcamp um where some people seem to not realize how you can just simply download the music there in two or three clicks yeah so i've i've always learned that one more click is one more click too much there's just this hurdle of getting this app first instead of just using whatever you're using anyway.
1: And the thing that comes to mind to me is you just rattled off a list of other messaging apps like WhatsApp and Facebook and Slack. And none of those are specific to one exact kind of sharing. They're just general purpose.
0: Yeah, they're not dedicated to that. Yeah,
1: they're just like, oh, we're just a communication platform. Share anything you want. Yeah. And, uh, the one you linked in here is musicmessenger.co. And, uh, I couldn't help but click on the, the app store <laughs> link and, uh, check out the reviews. And, uh, this one caught my eye that I'll read here. Um, the, the subject line, wow, great music app, better before. <laughs> and then five stars. So this is important. Five stars because the, the Apple app store lets you rate from zero to five. And then here's what joe 123 marks review (laughs) is. He says, before the update, I would have rated it 10 star. Now it's only worth 7. So both numbers higher than the maximum possible. Before the update, it didn't say YouTube in the bottom right corner. Now, after the update, it says YouTube. So... Joe, I don't know what you're talking about. Of like, also,
0: this this is the first instance of punctuation now. So you <laughs> made way too many pauses because you, it's all it's all in
1: one flow. So Joe, I, I'm going to need some more here. You're like, are you mad that there's a YouTube logo and that's it? I, I'm not understanding how this interrupted the purpose of this app, which was sharing music with someone. Um, so Joe continues. Joe, one, two, three, exclamation continues. Besides, for that, this is the number one music app on the store. I've been using this app for around four months, and I love it. Why buy on iTunes this is all free? So I guess at the end he's referring to why purchase music on
0: iTunes? Yeah, I think so.
1: Though at first I was like, wait, this app is free. What is he talking about? But anyway, my my general reaction, I've given this way too much intellectual effort Um, (laughs) on... My, my reaction is wet <laughs> yeah um
0: and also you you mentioned here in, in our notes about the uh, the video on their website that's showing how trendy it is to use that <laughs> so once you yeah. have got it installed you transform into a person who's yeah rolling on the bat or kicking <laughs> a skateboard when you want to share some music
1: Yeah, either I'm wistfully dreaming in in a bed covered with sheets and blankets and we're just kind of rolling in the sunlight and, yeah, I just want to send this moment to someone else. Or I'm in the middle of a a, a very technical trick on a skateboard and I'm like, yeah, music, time to send someone some music. (laughs) By the way, what I've noticed
0: in, in those commercials, typically when you see somebody in bed, who do you know has ever had a bed completely with white sheets and white pillows? <laughs> all white. Only in a hotel, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so it's for people in a hotel wanting to share music because they're on their hotel Wi-Fi, which is crippled, of course. <laughs> maybe there's there's a use case for that. <laughs> all right, shall we pick up the week?
1: Yeah, maybe I should go first this time. I th- mm-hmm. So, my pick of the week this week, um, a lot of, a lot of our picks of the week have kind of focused on production tricks or, um, very, very interesting recording techniques or sounds. And this week, it's, my pick is not so much about that. Um, the recording is fine. It's a good recording, but, um, it's not really the focus. The focus is just what this song is as a whole. And so, this is a song by the group Bodies of Water, and the song is I Guess I'll Forget the Sound, I Guess, I Guess. And um this song is kind of just a, a force of nature for me um, that just caught me at a time in life and moment that it just was kind of a, a rapturous moment of music. And, um you know, it's kind of um there's there's a lot of religious overtones to this song it's 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 very much like you you've tasted something beautifully beyond yourself and you don't know what to do with yourself now your your whole life now is what am i now and um the there's a very retro Sound to this song. It could be something out of the seventies. It sounds like hippies grouped together and sang eight harmonies together. And there's a big round at the end. And all of this is so gleefully wonderful to me. And, um, my, my sort of line about this is after you listen to the song and if it hooks you and if you love it, um, you've either joined a cult or you're in heaven and it's probably a very tragic situation. But it's also very beautiful and very human. And so let's just listen to a little bit of Bodies of Water. So, what did you
0: think of this song? What instantly caught my ear was there is a part around one minutes in where there's a very very sick bass run happening, and <laughs> uh, I'm I'm happy I listened to it on headphones so I could actually really hear it and not on my my computer speakers, which probably probably would have filtered that out some in some way. But, uh, yeah, as you said, it doesn't, it, it's not groundbreaking in any recording regards, but it just has this feel to it, um, similar to maybe Cats and Cats and Cats, which we've had as a pick of the week before, uh, which remind me of that, especially like they use of violence and generally traditional instruments. All those group harmonies. So a lot of people singing together. There's, this you can really imagine this room of hippies. You just described <laughs> singing eight harmonies together. And, uh, yeah, really after the song. I'm probably going to listen back to it a few more times and then, and, and check out the rest of this artist. I haven't, I haven't really, uh, focused on, on the lyrics yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm also going to listen to that when, uh, li- when listening back. Honestly, there's, there isn't much for me to say about this. It's just an amazing song i i love it and uh i i can't really pinpoint what it is it's just great it's sometimes you just gotta say okay i don't really know why i mean it's a great song but i don't know why it's great i'm repeating yeah. myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the way i said it's like the song is just a sheer force of itself it just mm. is itself and you're like oh um so this you don't one need to describe it yeah yeah And I mean, I first encountered the song probably five or six years ago, and it's always stuck with me and still makes a a great, um, something I'm proud to bring to the show and say other people should know about this song. So what did you pick this week? My pick of
0: the week is Cut Copy and the song Strangers in the Wind. I'm going to be totally honest here. I got to this song through GTA V. I've been hooked on this game for the last uh, one and a half weeks. Uh, finally finished it the other night and i'm mostly i've mostly been listening to radio mirror park which is their hipster radio station there we're back to the indie genre thing (laughs) and yeah Cat copy was one of the artists featured on there and um i i didn't uh, look at the um at the track list before playing so i kept spoiler i've been keeping spoiler free for the last two years although this game has been existing for for some time and i didn't even look at the the songs that were featured. And so when I first listened to that song um I thought they brought back the Human League from Vice City from the radio station uh once they hit the chorus and yeah then in, in the 30 minutes of credits of this game I I saw that it was cut copy strangers in the wind and yeah if you look at the YouTube link you can also see other people who say GTA 5 brought me here <laughs> yeah top comment and I'm just um I'm just going to going to play a short part of this song right here. So what what I really like about this is um, this transition more or less that's happening in the verse. So if we go back to the to indie genre, is that for me the the verse starts out pretty much indie rock. So there there's like one or two guitar lines, and I mean the the drums sound pretty electronic and processed, but it's it's got this indie rock vibe to it. And then the more you approach the chorus, it goes into the synth pop vibe. Where I said, yeah, this is this sounds like the Human League, not only because of the singer but also because there are two keywords happening and all of a sudden. Yeah. And yeah. W- what do you think about this?
1: So I have to call out our, our friend of the show who's guested before Benji Robinson, because I think the way a cut copy singer sings on this course is what he's going for in a lot of reptile <laughs> fiction. <laughs> And so I couldn't help but go, Oh yeah, that's what Benji's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a, in a good way. <laughs> I, I
0: teased him on Twitter that I was using a song that he would like. So there you <laughs> go, Benji.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, very, very pleasant song. And, and like you said, that is an interesting shift from like, you know, it starts out, you're like, it could be almost any kind of indie rock band which is maybe poetic with indie meaning anything um <laughs> but then it it takes some it defines itself into a very specific um synth pop direction once it gets gone um yeah maybe this song will get me in the gta 5 just a full circle <laughs> <laughs> um since i've been um hesitating on the 60 dollar purchase
0: yeah it's it's a great it's it has a great soundtrack and i'm I'm gonna promise you're going to listen to a lot of Radio Mirror Park there.
1: Yeah, um, another YouTube comment I saw, which I guess is is also breaking the YouTube comments are always terrible cliche, um, is um, Sam Pickles says with
0: with a picture
1: of shit pickle
0: from the angry <laughs> video in that. By the way,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, he said I haven't been able to quote feel for a while now. This song is helping me find my way back. And I don't know, I it's not that I necessarily felt that way about this song, but I, I like it when music is able to do that for someone. That's um, something a lot of people get out of different kinds of music is the way it helps you identify with something or express something um, that was hard to put into words before. And yeah. so thank you, Sam Pickles, for your expression of feeling all the feels. I also
0: got to say, while I, I completely share the sentiment of uh, what he's writing there, this also sounds like something the moderator on Radio Mirror Park would have said after the song I played, <laughs> which makes it a cliche of itself once again yeah. when it
1: comes to Indian hipster. <laughs> Even better if it's a joke inside of GTA about hipsters feeling things. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. This was episode 13 of Bits and Pieces. Um, as always, you can find the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 13. And while you're there, you can subscribe to us. So you can, you never miss an episode. You can either subscribe with your native podcast app on iOS, or if you're on Android, you can use Pocket Cast yeah. or, um, Podcast Addict, which is the one I'm using. If you're an iTunes user, you can also help us by rating or leaving a review on, on iTunes, which is hella important in the world of podcasts still. So even if you don't, you're not the iTunes person, you can really help us out with that. And another way you can really help us out is, other than giving us feedback on Twitter, which is, um, for me, at Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X, or you can find Mike at Medwoods Music on Twitter. Um, Yeah, you can head to Patreon, patreon.com slash sunriserobot, and... You can support us there. And one of the rewards is getting a shout out on on our show or on some of our shows or all of our shows. And with that, special thanks to Bruce Edwards and Andreas Lange. You're amazing. You're awesome. We love you guys. Okay, see you next week.